20. A skunk can fire its scent in five to seven shots. I fired once and hit the visor in the face. I fired again and hit the nearest hork on the left. Again and hit two human controllers. Again and again, all within about three seconds. Ah! The visor staggered back. Blinded and reeling from the mighty stench, the human controllers covered their mouths with their hands. Some even dropped their weapons. The hork I was worried about. I didn't know if hork even had a sense of smell. Turns out they do. Turns out they have an excellent sense of smell. Too bad. The hork were the first to panic. One fired his dracon beam wildly. Don't shoot, you fools! Visser 3 screamed. You'll hit the human! Or me! Actually, what they had hit was the floor. A big, smoldering hole appeared in the wood. Reeking for alcohol! One hork kept bellowing in the odd mix of English and their own tongue. Then, the hork lost it completely. They turned and ran for the door. Personally, I didn't see what they were so excited about. It didn't smell bad to me. They ran. The human controllers, the hork and Visser 3. They ran from the horror of my skunk smell. I waddled as far as the doorway. I saw an amazing scene. The force field was still on. Three massive tree cutters, diesel engines roaring and billowing smoke, were straining against the force field like mad dogs on a leash. Inside the force field, the totally demoralized Yurk forces... Outside the force field, a bizarre zoo. A tiger, a grizzly bear, a gorilla. And something no human zoo had ever held. An andalite. Jake, Rachel, Marco, and Axe. Around the clearing, a handful of human controllers and hork warriors sat nursing wounds. Some were just lying in the dirt. It was a weird, intense scene. If the force field came down, the tractors and tree cutters would hit the building within seconds. On the other hand, even though they were reeking of skunk smell and staggering and half-blind, the forces inside the field were stronger than Jake, Rachel, Marco, and Axe. Of course, if the tree cutters hit the building, they would probably kill Ferrand. The Yurks didn't want that. Neither did we, but Visser 3 didn't know that. What happened? Jake asked me in a private thought-speak whisper. I sprayed them, I said. They didn't like it. I'm pretty sure tigers can't normally smile, but I could have sworn Jake did. Jake must have privately told Axe what happened. Axe was the only one we could trust to speak to Visser 3. He was the only true Andalite. Visser, Axe said. It seems to me that we have a standoff. Don't try to bargain with me, fool. Visser 3 sneered. I have forces on the way. Axe nodded. I wonder how your bladeship will smell after you spread your newly acquired stench through it. The smell. It will go away. The visor said. Visor, my human host has a memory of... One of the human controllers began to say. 
The visitor's tail blade snapped through the air. It pressed against the human controller's throat. A twitch would send the controller's head flying. Do not interrupt me, the visitor said calmly. You were saying? He said to Axe. The smell would go away in about seven Earth days, if you were in open air, Axe said calmly. In a spacecraft? Airtight? Closed up? Cramped? You'll never lose the smell. Ever. However, thanks to Andalite chemical technology, there is a way to remove the stench. Let the human Ferran go free. He is unconscious and hasn't seen what you are. Let him go. We'll give you the secret of neutralizing the stench, and we all walk away. I'll dispose of you myself! The visitor shrieked. Andalite filth! Visser, we both know how impossible it is to remove a smell once it gets into a spacecraft. You would need a full refitting at a major space dock. Your blade ship would be intolerable. Visser 3 just stood there. Just stood there and stared. His stock eyes drooped a little. Get the human. He muttered to his hork Visser. One hork moaned, clearly reluctant to go back where the smell was even stronger. This has not been a good day for me, Visser 3 said. Would you really like to feel as bad as I do? The two hork went back inside and very quickly reappeared, dragging Ferrand. They dropped him in the dirt. Have one of your men drive him to the nearest human hospital. When he is safe, we will tell you the secret. And no tricks. We'll be watching. Axe rolled his stalk eyes skyward. Visitor 3 followed the direction of his gaze and saw, high in the sky, a bird of prey with a rust-red tail. You do realize that one day I will have you all, Visitor 3 said. With all your clever tricks, I will still find you. No, I don't think so, Axe said. We are sure to smell you coming. Chapter 21 The Yurks drove Ferran to the hospital. Once we knew he was safe, Axe told Visser 3 how a certain kind of juice would help get rid of the skunk smell. The Visser was still screaming when we disappeared into the woods. The next day, Jake, Markle, Rachel, Axe, and I were able to bring the skunk mother back to her den. She waddled inside, and a few minutes later waddled back out, followed by Joey, Johnny, Marky, and CJ. They ignored the four humans and the Andalite completely. After all, Mother Skunk was back with her kits, and Mother Skunk wasn't afraid of anything. They grow up so fast, Rachel said as they shuffled and snuffled and waddled past us in single file. I guess the real Mother Skunk will give them different names, Marco said. He was joking, I think. Well, anyway, the forest is safe for baby skunks now, Jake said. Jake had morphed a housefly to spy on Ferrand in the hospital. The commissioner was fine. The first thing he did when he regained full consciousness was make a phone call to say that he was voting against logging in the forest. In fact, according to Jake, Ferrand swore he'd never, ever even listen to another word from Dapson Lumber, and there was a good chance he'd press charges. It also seemed, according to Ferrand, that even the animals of the forest had risen up against the loggers. He claimed that he himself had been visited by the spirit of a giant skunk with the eyes of a human girl. 
Have a good life, little skunks, Marco said to the skunk family, tiny furry little masters of the forest. Everyone was smiling and looking pretty pleased with themselves, but I was still confused. As we walked toward home, back through the forest, Jake hung back with me, letting the others move ahead. You don't seem all that happy, Jake said. You miss being a skunk, Mommy? I smiled. No, I mean, yes, a little, but that's not it. So? So what's bothering you? I shrugged. Nothing makes sense to me. Tobias eats one of the skunk kids, then he helps save the rest. I killed the termite queen to save myself and my friends, then I feel bad about it. But when it came down to it again, I went after Visser 3 without hesitation. One minute, I was a rat being chased by guys with sticks. The next minute, I'm bringing dead rats to Tobias, who's guarding skunks he would normally have tried to eat. Somehow, it's part of the same big system. How does it all make sense? Jake looked like he was sorry he started the conversation. Um, boy, Cassie, I don't know. Okay, just tell me this. Am I a part of nature, so I should just live by the laws of nature? Kill to eat? Kill or be killed? Or am I something different because I'm human? We walked in silence while Jake thought it over. I felt sorry for him. I know he'd rather have been discussing Spider-Man vs. Batman with Marco. Well, I think you're both, Jake said at last. I mean, you are the person who got rid of the termite queen. You're also the person who went out of her way to save a bunch of skunks. Just like Tobias ate a skunk kit one day, then saved them the next. That's not much help, I said. That just means humans are kind of in between. Still partly wild animals, doing whatever it takes to survive, and partly... Partly I don't know what. Maybe something more than the other animals. Well, I know one thing. All the animals take care of themselves. But only one animal has the intelligence and the power to help save all the other species. I nodded. You're pretty smart sometimes, Jake. I said. Just sometimes? You're right. Only one animal can help save all the other animals. Only humans can do that. Of course, we have to save ourselves first. I sighed. It's still too complicated. I saw a shadow flash overhead. I looked up and saw Tobias. He dropped down into the trees and reappeared on a branch just up the trail. Hi, Tobias. I called up to him. Hi, Cassie. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. He was definitely feeling pretty smug about something. What's up, bird boy? Marco asked him. I've just been checking on our friends at the logging camp. They now have two entire truckloads of juice. They've made trip after trip for juice. They dug out a big pit in the ground and made a kind of swimming pool filled with the stuff. Visser 3's been in it most of the night and all morning. Judging by the way everyone is staying back, I'm guessing he still stinks. Plus, Tobias added with a slightly evil laugh, the Visser is now a very lovely, attractive shade of purple. Gee, that's too bad. Rachel said. I feel so sorry for him. Soon, he may begin to suspect the truth. Axe said. Think maybe we should have told him the truth? That it's tomato juice, not grape juice, that washes away skunk smell? I asked. We all looked at each other and broke up laughing at the same moment. Nah, I didn't think so, I said.